Welcome to a fresh new podcast, Young, Brown and Not Entirely Free. Presented by your co-hosts, Zam and Ruhi. Two women who are down for having candid conversations about the challenges collectively faced by brown females. Their mission is to build a community of people who want to live an authentic and ambitious life in the face of cultural norms that can often hold brown women back. Originating from India and Nepal, they believe it's possible to embrace their cultural heritage without being bound up by it. Join them every week as they discuss everything from PR to periods and parents to papards. Nothing is off limits. If you're a young brown woman who doesn't yet feel free to fully be yourself, Sam and Ruhi have got your back. I used to be afraid to cut my nails at night because my parents used to tell me it was bad luck. And that's a part of being young, brown and not entirely free. Hi everyone and welcome to our podcast. I'm Ruhi and I'm here with my co-host Sam. Hey. So, your parents told you not to cut your nails at night, eh? Damn straight. (laughs) So can you just reel off a few of the other superstitions that your parents drilled into you as a child? A lot of them just involve not doing things at night for some reason. (laughs) Like washing your hair at night, cutting your nails at night. Mine was don't wash your hair after you've had a meal. (laughs) Um, One of the biggest ones that, you know, sounds incredibly ridiculous, but that I followed for a significant proportion of my life was to blow my fingers after touching my neck because I was afraid that thorns would grow out of my neck. (laughs) So every time... Like you blow bubbles, you blow on your finger. Yeah, so every time, you know, you accidentally touch your neck or someone else touches it, you just quickly have to blow on your fingers to sanitise... The situation. To stop the thorns from growing out. To stop the thorns. And what's most ridiculous is that I'm pretty sure someone in my family told me about the thorns and more people did this in my family. That's pretty crazy. I was told not to clip my nails at night as well. I was also told not to eat yogurt at the same time that I eat fish. So what actually happens if you do these things? You'll get stomach aches. Which that might not be a superstition. That might, well, it sort of turned into a superstition, but I assume it was more anecdotal. Maybe someone had a stomach ache and went, hmm, I ate yogurt with fish before, so it must be that. But it doesn't even sound like a good combination of things to eat together anyway. Mm, I don't know. I wouldn't know I don't eat fish anymore. (laughs) I was also told not to eat raw dough, like if you're making chapatis or some sort of sweet or samosas, Mm. like the pastry for it. Not supposed to eat it raw. But why would anyone eat it raw anyway? Because it's yummy. If you're listening to this and you eat raw cookie dough, for example, please let us know in our Facebook community so I don't feel so alone. (laughs) Raw dough is pretty good, especially when you're a child, and if that dough is sweet. How many of these things do you think just come out of fear conditioning rather than superstition? Come out of what? Like conditioning from fear of doing things. Oh, Yeah, but the question is, where does the fear come from? Like, one of the superstitions I grew up with was never sweep the floors at night. And that was the dumbest thing to me as a child. But now that I'm older, I sort of look at that and go, oh, well, maybe it was a common sense thing way back in the day when there was no electricity. Maybe it was just more, oh, there's no point sweeping the floors at night because you can't actually see where the dirt is. Mm. So you can't see where you're sweeping. So it must have originated from that and then it just becomes folklore. So do you think that everything that's sort of a superstition relating to the 
to the night is because it's just dangerous to do things at night because you can't see. (laughs) Yeah, I suppose like it turned into like danger and fear-mongering later. I I mean, I don't know. I'm just assuming. Like even just washing your hair at night or cutting your nails at night, like those things could be, you know, could be true for like not having light to see what you're doing possibly I don't know but the issue is when people still hold on to it and don't know what the meaning or reason for it is (laughs) like that's the most frustrating thing and then they impose that onto you Mm -hmm. it's like what if I want to sweep my floors at night (laughs) what if it's my only time what if if the only time of the day I can clip my nails is at night time it's so true like I like how you're asking the question about where the fear comes from And also I've noticed that when I ask my parents, but why, to these questions, they don't have an answer for me. Yeah. But they blindly follow them anyway. And this is the problem, right? So I feel like my dad has drilled into me, and this is a good thing, by the way, like he really taught me, always ask the question why you're doing something, don't just do something blindly, and then always find if there's a better way of doing something. Mm, That's very good. Don't just do things because that's the way it's always been done. So that's fantastic advice, except when you apply it back to your parents (laughs) and then you start saying to them, why is there a better way of doing this? And then they don't want to be questioned. And my dad would get really mad at me, even though he's the one who taught me to engage in more critical thinking, which is a fantastic thing and Mm -hmm. something I definitely want to pass on to my daughter But it's like they want you to be critical in every other way except when it comes to them. He would get really frustrated with me and say to me, why are you always questioning? Just do what I say. Mm. So do you feel like that's a bit of a double standard there? Oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, going back to superstitions, I I saw something recently where a Bollywood celebrity posted on his Instagram that men need to stop being superstitious about a woman menstruating and Mm. he was encouraging them. He said, guys, come on, this is so old school. When women in our lives have their period, we should be helping them if if they're not feeling that great. And we can't have an outdated view on this because he apparently knew someone who still forbade his wife from going into the kitchen when she had her period. So he was speaking up against these superstitious beliefs around a period, which is awesome. Mm. But someone in the comments challenged him and said, you can't be ignorant about the origin of it. And the truth is, Back in the day when pads or any sort of sanitary napkin, tampon, whatever, menstrual cups didn't exist, it was really unsanitary to go into the kitchen and be cooking while you're bleeding everywhere. Mm. So she was saying, well, please don't be ignorant and just call it stupid because it was there for a reason. Obviously it doesn't apply anymore. And I was like, yeah, okay, fair point. But I still think it's great that he's addressing the issue that people are still superstitious nowadays when it's Mm. completely unwarranted now. It's like generationally or like over the course of however many sort of years it's been taken out of context, but people still blindly follow it without challenging how things have changed. I think that's a really good example of a superstition that exists today, Mm. um, especially in India and Nepal. Yeah. Because... There have been really big movements to tackle this problem of hygiene with menstruation. Even Bollywood actors or like people of celebrity status who have spoken out about these issues 
and mm. made movies like Period. I still have to watch that. No, so it's not called Period. It's called um, Padman. Is it Padman or Padman? Does it matter? <laughs> well, I don't know. I just wouldn't know. I just Padman. know how to say the movie name. <laughs> um, but that's, I reckon that's a really good example. I still need to watch it. I still need to watch it. To our listeners, if any of you have seen it, comment in our Facebook community mm. and let us know what you thought. I thought it was a brilliant movie. But it's an example of trying to really raise awareness about, yeah, I guess like the cultural taboos and things that are still in place in society that people blindly follow. At the detriment of others. Yeah. And can still label them as superstitions. In terms of dealing with superstition in your own life, if you're a young brown woman and say your parents are really militant about their superstitious beliefs, Mm. how have you dealt with it in your life? Because it's one thing for them to believe something and that's fine if they want to hold on to their beliefs. But it's really annoying when it's being pushed onto you and you don't believe in it. Yeah, I think the healthiest way is actually starting with asking them where it comes from, like what you did with your dad. Yeah, but in both cases, neither of us were successful. That's true, but it doesn't mean we should stop trying to ask to open up a discussion to try and understand their point of view. Yeah. I just went and did those things anyway (laughs) and realised that my life hadn't changed. (laughs) So I do cut my nails at night. I do wash my hair at night. Yeah, so do I. (laughs) And just got to do what you got to do. You've just, I mean, it's practical (laughs) to do those things. I don't think doing them has ruined my life in any way. Mm. And I don't think you can just sort of label the negative things that happen in your life to isolated experiences like that. Yeah. And, I mean, some of our listeners might have superstitious beliefs and, you know, that's fine. You might disagree with us. And if you do, please let us know. I'd be really interested to hear in some of the other ones that we haven't heard so far. Oh, my gosh, yes. If your parents have enforced a superstitious belief in your life and you want to share it, please do so. I'd love to be able to read these in our next podcast episode and share them. In our case, we've been able to reject our parents' beliefs and go our own way when it comes to this sort of thing and ignore the superstition because we don't believe in that. To be honest, I personally don't believe in luck in general, whether it's good luck or bad luck. It can be frustrating when they're shoving it down your throat and even though you've said I don't agree with that, Mm. I personally haven't experienced too much of that. However, I was at a writer's event the other day and I met someone who comes from a similar brown background to us. She actually has a Malaysian Indian heritage And she said that her parents are very superstitious, particularly about having dark skin. And in her case, it wasn't something you could just walk away from and reject because it impacted her in a really deep way. Mm. And she has a sister who has fairer skin and they treated the two of them very differently. All her life, all her childhood, she grew up hearing that she was the source of bad luck in their family. Can you imagine hearing that while you're growing up all the time? Can you imagine being told by your own parents that you are the source of bad luck in your family, number one, and number two, because of the colour of your skin, which is something we went on to discuss further in this writer's event. You know, we were saying that racism, unfortunately, isn't just something 
that happens in white majority countries where people of colour are treated differently. It happens within countries where everybody is a different shade of brown. (laughs) And if you're a lighter shade, you're seen as better or less inferior than someone with darker coloured skin. And not everybody thinks that way these days, thankfully, but there are still a lot of people who do. In my family, there was never any superstition around having dark skin, but my mum never liked it when summer came around and my sister and I would go to the beach and get really tanned skin, not on purpose, but just because we were out in the sun. And she'd tell us off for being in the sun so much. And that's a problem because no man will love you? Something like that. Because you're supposed to be more attractive the, the fairer skinned you are. Yeah. I mean, that's been true for myself as well. And every time I would get a tan, my family would be the first to pick up on how my skin colour had changed for the worst and make comments like, oh, you look a lot darker and not as pretty anymore, which is sort of like this really difficult dynamic to navigate when you live in Western society. And that that's the epitome of beauty. Yeah, because all of your white friends want to get a tan mm. and all of your brown friends have mums telling them they need to wear fair and lovely. Well, you know, I actually did wear Fair and Lovely, like, at one point in my life Yeah, I when used I was to, in Nepal. I used to steal my mum's Fair and Lovely out of the drawer when I was in primary school. There you go. So we've both worn Fair and Lovely. That's our dirty <laughs> so little secret. Yeah. I know. Um, <laughs> and that's because of these, like, stupid things that have been enforced on us. So, yeah, going back to my friend whose parents told her that she was bad luck for having dark skin, she said that she just felt so horrible as a child and helpless that she couldn't do anything about it. It was so upsetting for me to hear and I'm just so grateful that she's been able to come through the other side even though it means she's estranged from her parents. But it's a horrible reality that sometimes superstitions can be so damaging to a person and to family relationships. What's your advice to someone who comes up against their parents' superstitious beliefs on a daily basis? I think it really depends on the nature of the superstition like you've just mentioned. So there are some things that are a bit more lighthearted and then there are some things that have the potential to really affect you emotionally and mentally, like the example of your friend. With the ones that are more ridiculous, they're easy to confront Mm. because those are things that you you can brush aside or decide that you don't want to be a part of. But when it's something that concerns your existence or your identity, yeah, I think there's no easy way. I've never been in that situation, so I don't know if I can offer advice because I've not experienced it. Have you? Not not to that scale. My friend removed herself from the situation entirely. Yeah. Which I think was wise and very hard, Mm. very difficult thing to do. But I think that's really brave of her. It is. But it's so interesting how all of these superstitions always have such a negative point of view. Like nothing positive has come out of them. Everything mm. we've been talking about has a negative connotation. Yeah. Do you know what? Maybe there is some truth to it in that if there's any such thing as bad luck in her life, it was her parents. Well said. And the way they, and the way they treated her because of her skin colour. Mm. Oh, it's just such a harrowing story. Anyways, we hope that cases of parents imposing superstition or anyone else in, your, in people's lives are becoming more and more mild. But we'd love for you to share with us in our Facebook community what you come up against. So just head to Young, Brown and Not Entirely Free. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye.